Amen. It's good to be here tonight. Trust you had a great weekend and the week's off to a good start. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to Psalm 63? It's one of my favorite portions of Scripture. How many love the book of Psalms? I'm sure many of us here tonight find our comfort in that book. Read through those amazing Psalms penned on the pages of Scripture. Tonight we're going to read Psalm 63 and then gather some wisdom out of this psalm. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you've been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. We live in a land where there is no real water. All the wells of this world cannot satisfy the thirst of humanity. We understand that there's this thirst inside of every person that only God can quench, that only the Lord can quench, only His presence, His grace, His mercy, His life. We live in a world that is dry, no matter how lush some paint it. David was a man that had a deep heart and a deep love for the Lord. He knew the source of his strength. He knew the source of his life. David knew that God was the source of his strength, and God was the source of his life, the source of his very existence. We know it says in the Scripture that David was a man after God's own heart. He had this deep love for the Lord, not only a deep love, but a deep appreciation, this gratitude for God. And he knew who it was. It was his source. And that's the Lord. Psalm 63 is a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. When he was in the wilderness. I don't know where you're at tonight. Maybe you feel like you're in a wilderness. In a wilderness situation or circumstance or a season of life. Maybe you've been there for a while. You just entered. This is a psalm penned by this, this man, written by this man, I'm sure, sung by this man in the wilderness. The cry of this man's heart was not conditional. The cry of David's heart was not circumstantial. The cry of David's heart was 
not subject to topography. It didn't matter where he was. The cry of his heart remained the same. In the wilderness and in the lush meadows, David's heart was the same. Psalm 63, verse 1, My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. You see, David knew that no matter where he was in life, there was one source. There was only one real source, one real supply. Only one source of real strength. Only one place you truly find life. That's in the Lord. And that is the Lord. Psalm 63, 1, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. The wilderness may be a literal location. The wilderness may be a non-literal reality. If we're there tonight, both of these are very real. They feel very real. When we find ourselves in the wilderness or in a wilderness, what should we do? How should we act? How should we respond when we find ourselves in a wilderness? Every single one of us, we're going to find ourselves in a wilderness at some point. Just the way life rolls. And when we find ourselves in a wilderness, how are we going to respond? Would we pen words like David penned? Words of blessing toward the Lord? Worship, adoration, thanksgiving? Or would we pen something different? There's no complaint in the psalm. He's not begging God and telling God to get him out of the wilderness. How would Psalm 63 read if, if we wrote it? If you and I would have been there in the wilderness of Judah. If we were placed in the situation and the circumstance that David was placed in and he was placed in some crazy situations and circumstances. How would the psalm read? When we find ourselves in a wilderness, what should we do? David really gives us the pattern for all situations and for all seasons and all landscapes, for all of life in this psalm. But when we do find ourselves in a wilderness, what should we do? Number one tonight, seek him early. Psalm 63, 1, it says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. The word here, this word early, means to seek or to seek early or earnestly. To look early or diligently or search for. Inquire early, rise, seek diligently early in the morning. Early in the wilderness, I want to say this tonight, and I believe we can draw this application, and I know we can. Early in the wilderness. Don't let the wilderness get away on you. 
When you find yourself in the wilderness, don't let it get away on you. Don't let the wilderness have its way with you. We may be there, and this might be God's design that we're in this wilderness. Maybe leading us, trying to work on us, trying to stretch us, trying to grow us, trying to groom us, trying to prepare us for something great. Don't let the wilderness get away on you. You can apply this early in the morning. Get up. If you're in a wilderness, get up in the morning and position yourself in his presence. Don't let the day slip away. Don't let the day get away on you where you pen something less than Psalm 63. There's a fountain in the wilderness for those that will rise early, those that will seek him early. There's blessing in the wilderness. There's provision in the wilderness. There's this source in the wilderness for those that have learned to seek him early in times of wilderness. Oh God, you are my God early. Will I seek you? Number two tonight, look for him in the sanctuary. There is a place where the power of God is found, yes, even in the wilderness. There is a place where the glory of God is found, yes, even in the wilderness. Psalm 63, verse 2, it reads, So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. What is this sanctuary? It's His holiness. I've looked for you in your holiness. Lord, I look for you in your holiness, in your ways, your doings. Your separateness, your sacredness, I look for you. We look for him in his holiness, and we look for him in our holiness. Lord, I consecrate my life. There's such power in holiness. When we are in holiness, there's this source and supply. We're drawing on the Lord. No matter what we're facing or what we're going through, there's confidence in his presence. We know that he's with us. That he's there for us. This sanctuary, this set apartness. And we know that it applies here this evening. Look for the Lord in his sanctuary or his house. And maybe that's where your mind went first. But when we're in a time, a season, when we're in the place where we would call it a wilderness, or that is where we are, perhaps everybody else around us can see it. Oh, we don't really show it. They don't know we're going through it. They don't know we're struggling. But God sees. He knows where we're at. In those times, it's not time to slip away from the house of the Lord. The worst thing we could do when we find ourselves in the wilderness is to quit looking for God in his house. To slip away and relax our commitment and frequency to his house. And to walk away from his house. The worst thing we could do is to also quit looking for him in our holiness, to let our holiness slip, to let our standard slip when we're in the wilderness. 
to let our prayer life slip when we're in the wilderness, when things aren't all rosy, all smooth, when the path's a little hard, when there's pressure, there's forces seeking our life. Don't relax your holiness. Don't relax your prayer life. Don't relax your consecration to the Lord. The message reads, so here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking in your strength and glory. See, David's pattern is pure wisdom. It's a psalm you could highlight every single line, you know. I mean, you could pretty much do that with the whole Bible, but you just read it, and there's such wisdom. And so these psalms are there for us to take a look at and understand that he was in the wilderness. And we, too, are going to go through the wilderness. So how are we going to respond? How are we going to act? What are we going to pen? What are we going to write? The Amplified reads, So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. I want to encourage us tonight in times of wilderness, when we're in the wilderness place, that we would seek him early and that we would get into the sanctuary and look upon the Lord. Come to church. Get into his house. Stay holy. Stay pure. Don't let go of the standard. Don't let go of the commitment. Stay in close with brothers and sisters that are going to encourage you when you're in that wilderness season. It might not be wise to gather around yourself, everyone else that's in a wilderness season. You know what often happens then? You just form a pity party and we all get together and complain. And we pen something far less than what David penned. Rather, when we're in that place, let's gather those that are going to encourage us. Those that are strong in the Lord. Number three tonight, praise Him. Psalm 63, verses 3 to 5, Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. I love that it says joyful lips there, not forced lips. But there's this joy. I'll praise you with joyful lips. Praise lifts us higher than the wilderness. Now, it does not mean that it takes us right out of it. But it causes us to soar ever higher than the low level the wilderness would aim to keep us at. You see, there's much reason to praise in the wilderness. We have this loving kindness. We have the Lord with us. And we need to trust His leading in the wilderness. We need to trust that He's with us in the wilderness. He says He will never leave us nor forsake us. So we're not out there all alone. He's still there, caring for us, rooting for us. Often the trouble is we get into the wilderness and we start fixing our eyes on the formidable terrain rather than on the Lord's loving kindness. 
We start fixing our eyes on the enemy that's trying to take us out. We start fixing our eyes on the problem. We start fixing our eyes on the rocks and, and the debris. And we start fixing our eyes on the fact that perhaps we feel there's no living water. There's no water out there. Instead of fixing our eyes on the one who is the living water. Instead of fixing our eyes on the one who is the source of our strength and our life. We get in the wilderness and we're more focused on the junk than we are on the Lord. And pretty soon the junk owns us. We're beat down. Again, penning something very different than what David penned. We're burdened down. All of a sudden that overcoming spirit is gone. When we're in the wilderness. Verse 3, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Would you just remember the Lord's loving kindness if you're in the wilderness tonight? Or whenever you find yourself in the wilderness, would you remember the Lord's loving kindness? You see, it's the same, and God hasn't changed. He's not different when it's the land of blessing. And then when we find ourselves in the wilderness, he alters himself or something less. We know that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no shadow in him. He doesn't change. We always have reason to praise. It's amazing what the wilderness can do to some people, isn't it? You can tell their joy is easily taken, their worship is easily snuffed out. As soon as they find themselves in the wilderness, they might have been in the wilderness for 10 minutes, and you can tell. You're in the wilderness, aren't you? Yeah, how'd you know? Well, you got it written all over your face, all over your body language. I haven't even talked to you yet, and I can tell. <laughs> All of a sudden, the joy of the Lord is stripped right out of your life. You can't even believe, like, is life even worth living? We've got to learn how to handle the wilderness. I'm going to tell you tonight, and all of us tonight, we're going to find ourselves there more than once in this walk with the Lord. The truth is, you might actually find that there are times when you go through the wilderness and you step out of that wilderness right into the next wilderness. See, Jesus didn't say, come follow me and we're going to skip through fields of roses and daisies. And That's not what he said. It might not be easy. Well, when we are in the wilderness, I pray that we praise him. That we continue to lift up our hands and sing songs with joyful lips. Number four tonight, we've touched this a little bit. Remember, meditate, rejoice. He has been and is and always will be our help. 
We can rely on him. We can trust in him. Our God does not change, nor do his promises change, though the terrain changes. There is, again, no shadow in him. Psalm 63, 6 and 7 reads, When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches, because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. When you're in the wilderness, maybe you see no reason to rejoice. Well, fix your eyes on Jesus, fix your eyes on the Lord, and you'll have reason to rejoice. There's always reason to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Remember him and remember his provision. Remember the miracles he's performed. Remember that he doesn't change. Meditate on him. Meditate on his goodness. Fill your mind with him. Fill your mind with his ways and his provision and his life, his word. Word he's speaking over your life in the wilderness. The promises. Verse 7 in the voice reads, You have been my constant helper. Therefore, I will sing for joy under the protection of your wings. He's being our help. And he will continue to be our help. Number five, follow hard after him. When you're in the wilderness, follow the Lord. Don't find yourself off on a tangent trying to figure this mess out yourself or figure out the wilderness yourself or cut through the, you know, the bush yourself or whatever. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path, even in the wilderness. When we find ourselves there, it's not the time to push away. It's not the time to sit down. It's not the time to walk away from the Lord and quit following him. His light. It's leading us, even in the darkness. It's not the time to step away from him and push away and try and find our own way out of this maze. It'll never happen. Psalm 63, verse 8, my soul follows close behind you. You see, the wilderness wants to put distance between us and the Lord. Now, God might have put us in the wilderness, and it might be a trial of faith. It might be a test to see, are we still going to follow when we're in the wilderness? Are we still going to follow when everything's not lining up the way we think it should line up? Are we still going to follow when we're not getting our own way the way we think we should get our own way? Are we going to follow with the same tenacity, with the same commitment? Are we going to continue to pursue the Lord the same? as when we're not in the wilderness. It's incredible. Some get in the wilderness, and it's, it's almost, almost insane. It's, it's just mind-blowing how quickly the distance, the gap between them and God shows up. All the time they've spent getting so close to Jesus... And all of a sudden, they're in the wilderness, and just it's like they threw it all to the wind. Gave it up. They wonder why they don't feel the Lord in the wilderness. They wonder why they don't feel his presence. They wonder why they don't feel like going to church. Wonder why they don't care about others anymore. They wonder why they don't feel the Holy Spirit when... Temptation comes. 
because they're not following close. They've walked away. They've let Jesus sail off, walk off into the distance. They're still trying to figure out why in the world they're in the wilderness. You know what, if you're in the wilderness, just follow Jesus. It's time to start moving forward and following him. And maybe you need to receive that tonight. Before the distance gets too great. Psalm 63, verse 8 in the King James Version, My soul followeth hard after thee. And the word here is to cling, to stick, to stay close, cleave. Stick to, stick with, follow closely, join to, pursue hard. Wow. You mean that's what my Christian life should look like in the wilderness? I thought it should look different. It has looked different. Well, you know what? All things are new. Today can be a brand new start. If you're in the wilderness, it doesn't need to look that way. If you're heading into the wilderness... Doesn't need to look that way. Follow close. Pursue the Lord. See, David knew what the wilderness could do to a person's relationship with the Lord, and that's why he followed hard after him. David knew what the wilderness could do to someone's calling. David knew what the wilderness could do to someone's destiny. David knew. what the wilderness was seeking to do, even though this was part of the great plan of the Lord. Some never make up the distance the wilderness has left them with. And oftentimes they blame God. But all we need to do is read their Psalm 63. They can blame God all they want. All we need to do is read their Psalm 63 and see if it's like David's. Number six tonight, God is on your side. Psalm 63, verses 9 to 11, But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. Wow. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. Maybe you're here tonight and you feel like people are seeking you out, seeking your life to destroy it bring up accusation, tear you down? Are their mouths speaking lies? You see, David knew that in the Lord he was victorious. Let the Lord take care of those seeking to destroy us, the mouths of liars. God knows how to silence people right and perfectly. Let's do like David and let's just rejoice in God.
Rejoice in God, you king, you queen. Rejoice in the Lord and swear by him. Verse 11, but the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. Let's have the worship team return tonight. You know, there is joy in the fellowship of God in the wilderness. Some are in the wilderness, and it's like, you still got a positive confession? Why? Because I'm in the wilderness with the Lord. And I said, Jesus, lead me, so wherever you're leading me, here we go. Or if the wilderness comes as an attack, it's okay. The Lord's with me, and I'm with him. Can I challenge us to live that kind of life? To have that kind of walk with the Lord? Rather than this walk with the Lord that when it's all great and everything's nice in life, we're praising Him and we're shouting victory shouts and we're encouraging everybody in the church and we're tithing and we're, you know, all these things. Treating people right, have a smile on our face. It's like the joy of the Lord, like, wow, I can't even control you. So much joy just spilling out all the time. And then as soon as we step into the wilderness, it's like somebody just hooked up some machine that sucks all the Christian life right out of you. No smile. The joy is gone. No positive confession. You have no faith, not even a mustard seed. There's nothing left. And you're just waiting. It's almost like you sat down. I just get this picture. And please excuse me for using the imagery of a wheelchair. That's not my point. But it's like you sat down and you just want Jesus to figure it all out and push you through the wilderness. Fight everybody off and pamper you and treat you just right. You get me out of here, Lord. I just see what he wants to do. He wants to turn over every chair and say, get up and walk yourself. I'm with you. But be a man. I'm with you. I'm here to help you. If you stumble and fall, I'll pick you up. But don't give up. Don't let go. I even hear Jesus just speaking to us, and I know he's speaking to all those that are his children. Let's not allow the wilderness to put distance between us. You see, you look at any relationship in life. You can look at a marriage. You can look at brothers. You can look at, you know, just friends that have been friends for a long, long time. And as soon as there's a little bit of wilderness, you can see how quickly, if we're not careful, how quickly... The distance grows, right? And sometimes those relationships are gone. They never come back because we've let go of the closeness that was worked out. Never get it back. But let's not allow the wilderness to do that in our lives. Don't allow the wilderness to separate you from the house of the Lord, from your brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't allow it to kill your marriage. Don't allow it to kill your relationship with family. 
Definitely don't allow it to kill your relationship with Jesus. David's given us the pattern for all situations and landscapes and seasons of life. I just want to encourage us tonight with what he wrote down. A confession of his heart and his life, and that was Psalm 63, that it, even in the wilderness, this is my heart, Lord. So, as we go through the wilderness in this life, we're going to write our own Psalm 63. I don't know what you'll write. I hope I keep writing what I've purposed in my heart to write. And the Lord knows, and He's reading it. Let's make sure that we don't change when we find ourselves in the wilderness. Let's hold to the pattern in all situations, in all landscapes. Let's remember our source of strength and our source of life. And I want to leave us tonight with Psalm 73, verses 25 and 26. It says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon the earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Let's stand tonight. I'm not making light of the wilderness. We're definitely not doing that. You might be there tonight. It might be literal, non-literal, but to you it's very real. To someone else it might not seem like a big deal, but to you it really is a big deal. Would you just begin to pour out your own heart as the team leads? You don't have to sing this song. Would you just take a moment and just speak out your own Psalm 63? Just begin to lift up the Lord and praise Him for His goodness. Praise Him because He's with you. Praise Him because He's leading you. Praise Him because He's picking you up when you fall. Praise Him because He's fighting for you. Those that are seeking your life to destroy it, they shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. Just keep rejoicing in the Lord and swearing by Him and calling on His name and blessing His name. You're more than victorious even in the wilderness. That's the word of the Lord over you tonight. Just begin to pour it out. Let the team lead. If you don't have the words, sing the song. It's a good line. Thank you, Lord.